Welcome to On Course, the teaching ministry of Pastor Hart Ramsey, where we offer simple biblical insight into some of life's most pressing issues. What if I told you that a lot of the pain and difficulty and adversity you're experiencing is simply God aligning your now so you can be prepared for your tomorrow? Prepare for the next few minutes to be encouraged, enlightened, and inspired. Let's join Pastor Ramsey and get On Course. The Bible says, go to Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Romans 10, verse 17. Amen. Tonight we'll be just straight teaching. This is, this is Thursday night uh, Bible study. And so, so now, you know, what's amazing to me is, what's amazing to me is when I meet pre- people, especially preachers who come to me, and when I'm around Bishop Holcomb, I don't talk. Bishop Holcomb, didn't, he didn't figure out I could really talk until the last three years. Because I didn't talk around him. Why should I do any talking? When I hang around Doc, I don't talk. Dr. Hill, yeah, I don't talk. I just listen. I watch. I mean, what, what do I have to say? And when he asked me a question, I, I used to go, I, I, you know, and Bishop finally told me, he said, no, no, you know. You're a teacher. You have the, you're anointed to teach. Tell me what you know. And, and he will demand of, it, of me that I say something. So I've been talking to him for the last three years. But I've been knowing him from the 90s. I get around some people, man, they ain't got nothing, they ain't done nothing. Just all they do is talk, talk, talk. I'm standing, and I'm saying to myself, self. <laughs> it is not outside the realm of possibility that you are looking at a fool. Because, no, I'm telling you why. Because when you have access to anyone that God, now here's why it's critical. Not because I'm better. But when you have access to anyone that has tapped into what God wants to do in their life, you need to find out what they did, what God did, and how they responded. And how, you need to find out what it is they're doing. Mm-hmm. Romans chapter 10, verse 17. Are you there? Now, real, real loud. Verse 17, read together. Ready? Let's read. So then faith cometh by and hearing by. So, so from this scripture, we, we make this bold statement that faith begins where the will of God is known. It is impossible for you to have faith if you don't know what the word of God says. The will of God is found in the word of God. Everybody say it with me. Say the will of God, will of God. is found in the word of God. Now, when, when we talk about the will of God, we could go into a long discourse. That's an entire lesson by itself. But let's, let's, say, let's narrow it down to this. The will of God, number one, is what God wants to happen. Is what God wants to happen. Number two is what God has appointed or, de- or decreed to happen. And number three is what Jesus died for. You got it? You, read, you study the will in Scripture, you'll find that, that a will does not come into force until the testator dies. He has to die. He has to, and, and so when the Lord Jesus Christ died, it made everything in the will available to us. Yeah. How many of you are following this? Okay? Now, so that's, a, that's critical. The will of God, faith begins where the will of God is known. And what we must understand is that it is, it is the product of hearing what God has promised and choosing to take the promise personally. Not generally, but personally. Now, here, here's a question. Why is faith necessary? Well, in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, put that on the screen for me. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6, it says, Without faith, is it, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must first believe that he is and that he is a reward of them that what? 
Now, let, let, me, let me help you out with this. We talked about this on Sunday just by way of review. This, this word without is, is, the, is a word in, in the Greek that, that when, when the, 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 the Greek scholars deal with it, they always play it down. They'll, they'll translate it as apart from faith or, 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 or they, they just translate it as without. Or presenting the word as a relationship word or a connection word, but really what it is, it is a per- perimeter word. What, what the word without deals with being either inside or outside. You're either in the city limits or you're outside the city limits. You're either inside the building or you're outside the building. Obviously, the benefit of being inside is not the same as being outside. And what it's dealing with is saying, it's saying inside or outside of faith, it's not even possible to be a, a satisfactory to God or to please him. If, if I'm outside of faith, now watch this now. You said, Pastor, wait a minute. That, that's kind of deep. You say, I thought it meant if you didn't have faith. Now, really, if, if, if faith doesn't have you, if you have not gone to the word of God, heard his word, and did the work to make that word personal, he said, you can't please God. Because nothing that you offer to God that came out of you is acceptable. Nothing that you dream up. Nothing that you come up with. None of your ideas are satisfactory to God. All God wants in the earth from you is what he's given to you. All through scripture it testifies that when God calls for sacrifice, he always gives us a blessing first and then tells us, bring a portion of that blessing back to me. He never sends us to do anything for ourselves. Matter of fact, even in the situation with Abraham, he gives Abraham a son, and he said, bring the boy to me. Abraham takes the boy to the mountain, and when Abraham is about to kill him, God says, okay, now you can stop right there. I just want to see if you're going to do it. I don't really need you to give me what's yours. I always provide for myself what I need. Now watch this now. So the Bible says, outside of faith, it's impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that he is. Must believe that he is. Must believe that he is. Listen to this. Write this down. I got to believe that God is a person and not just a power. Got to believe that he exists, not, exists not just as a power. He's not some great spirit or like the Indians say. He's, he's, not, he's just not just a power. He is a person. I got to believe that he's the invisible self-existent one, that he is God and he's real. Also got to believe that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. In other words, if God cares enough about me, That if I come after him and lay down my will to pursue his will, God cares enough about me to respond to my seeking him out. I got to believe. Listen, do you know what it takes for a man of God to to become an effective pastor? Watch this. We, We celebrate all of the famous, prominent men and women of God that are paraded on national and international TV before us. Their gifts are held up in lights, and we celebrate just their accomplishments. And everywhere you turn, there they are. But you know what you don't know? In order to have that, you have to give up something else. They can't have that life and have their life too. They either belong to God or they belong to themselves. If you are a successful pastor, you belong to God's people. Every choice, every decision you make, everything you choose to do or not to do is going to affect the people of God. You got it? So when you come to, watch this now, so in, when you come to God, you must understand or you must believe that God cares enough about you, cares so much about you 
that he will respond to your coming after him. He will respond to the fact that you gave up your life to pursue him, that you left your job. Some of you left your job that paid well and went after him. Some of you went to cities that you would have never lived in. If it, if it were not for the gospel, you won't be living there. Right. Do I have any witnesses? Yes. Matter of fact, you don't have to be a pastor. There are people in the room right now. They say, Pastor, I'll tell you this right now. If it I won't be here. I mean, yes, there's some people say, no. I, I, I mean, I know some of us were born and raised here. Some of you, yeah, but not everybody was. There are places that people go only because they love God. Now, if I come to God, my faith, the first place that faith begins is like I got to recognize that God is real. He's a person, not a power. You got it? And I got to believe that he is responding right now to what I gave up to come after him. If I don't believe that, what's going to happen is in Hebrews chapter 10, I'm going to cast away my confidence. I'm going to draw back onto perdition. I'm, I'm, in my mind, if I don't say it, I'm going to live like I'm more righteous than God. I gave it for him and he won't give to me. Hmm. Is this helping anybody? All right. Well, go with me in your Bibles to... Well, let's go, let's go back to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 2. Amen, amen. Now, what we want, we want to, to consider this good report. It says, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Or, literally, they were well spoken of because of their faith. When someone is said to have, have obtained a good report, it simply means that another person with direct access to them or with correct knowledge of them has spoken highly or spoken well about them. It, when, when the Bible talks about these men obtain a good report, it says that God put on record all of Hebrews 11 is, is a documented fact of what these people did. Noah spent 120 years, an entire lifetime, building a boat. You know why? Because God needed to save eight people to start over. The reason Noah was born is because God needed to start over. And he wasn't sent to the earth to do a lot of things. He was sent to the earth to make sure that when God got ready to start over, he had eight souls. Abraham was sent to the earth and all the things that he was given, he had one purpose. His purpose was to, to present to God, now let, me, let me put it like this. You must understand that God can't do anything in the earth unless a man invites him to do it. And by the, act, by the, by the fact that Abraham was willing, number one, to wait on God, even after he messed up and created Ishmael, wait on God to give him a son, and then he was willing to take that son, his only begotten son, according to the Holy Spirit, the son whom thou lovest, and offer him back to God, gave, him an gave God an opportunity to do the same thing. Remember when Jesus said, Abraham rejoiced to see my day and was glad? You know what, you know what it is? Um, when you read the scripture, we need to be clear about the geography of Israel. Uh, adjacent, and you've heard me say this several times before, adjacent to where Abraham was offering his son was another mountain. Mountains are separated by valleys. It was, it was one mountain range. And when Abraham turned to see the ram in the thicket, what is believed is, and it, and it, it stands to reason, that he looked straight through time. Because the Jews asked Jesus, how is it that you're not even 50 years old yet? And you said, Abraham saw you. Abraham rejoiced to see my day and was glad. Well, when did Abraham see him? He saw him when he went to kill his son. And, he, and God said, spare the boy. He turned to look and he looked right through time. Right down at another, and what God was showing him was, the reason I needed you to do that was to give me permission to do what I need to do. What, what the point I'm trying to make right here is, listen, listen to me. The Apostle Paul said this one thing, 
really your life comes down to one main thing. And because you want so much and you want everything, God has not even started to write your report yet. Because all the stuff you're doing now is preliminary. It's just preparation. Because he has to get you to the place where your will becomes nothing to you and all you want is what he wants. How many, how many, ready, ready to get, how many of you are ready to start working on your good report? <laughs> Watch this now. So their actions prompted by a word from God made them who they were and determined the course and outcome of their lives. It was because they responded in radical faith that God was able to publish this report. Now, I want to show you three areas that God published a report in. Number one, concern the way they handled personal difficulties. Everybody write the word challenges. God, God's, if you read the book of Hebrews, you'll find that God documents the way these men and women of God handle the challenges of life. Your faith has got to be used, it has to be operable during the challenges of life. I know, that, I know we live in a society, especially in the West, where we have, we have answers to everything, pharmaceutical answers to everything, financial answers to everything, counseling or psychological answers to everything. I, I know they have stuff on the market, you could buy something for everything. But the people that God want to use, when, when they face challenges in life, they go back to the, the, the decree of the Lord and they begin to declare it. And when they begin to declare that decree, God says, concern this person, that's my person. He belongs to me. She belongs to me. And he begins to write a report and testify. The word martorio in the, in the Greek is the word that says he witnessed or he testified or he gave them a good report. God begins to talk to people about you. God begins to talk to spirits about you. God begins to talk to credible others about you. Your church is going to do what God wants it to do when God begins to talk to other people about you. Let me tell you something. You know how churches grow? We're going to talk about church growth. You know how churches grow? God puts it on people's hearts. Let me tell you something about Safe Harbor that you find interesting. Maybe this week I'll be able to show you a picture of Safe Harbor. When we first moved there... You know, we, moved, we bought the old Circus City building in Montgomery, right, right across from Eastdale Mall. And, and what was powerful about it was when we first came to the building, I, remember, I never forget, we started uh, immediately strategize how we're going to renovate the property. And uh, it was the same thing here in Dothan. I'll never forget when I first saw this building over there. It had two ghetto air conditioners sticking out the wall. I mean, it just it was a fool. Just, I didn't want it. But we saw this building, and, and as I'm talking to the Lord about the building, the Spirit of God says to me, I want you to do with this property, what I've taught you to do with every other property. That is, you start from the sanctuary and build out. So I have, I have you know, I have, I have some real, real um, uh, professional people working with me. And one gentleman in particular, he's, a, he's a, a, just a great counselor. You know, he, he was telling me, you know, you got to get the outside looking good. and You have to attract the people because you're right here by the highway. And the Lord says, start from the inside out. And as they start telling me, you know, no sign on the outside is a sign of failure. And the Lord says, you have signs inside. <laughs> so we began to do what God told us to do, renovate the building from the inside out. Got, got the inside together, start building out. And watch this. The place is packed. Church is up to, I believe, uh, I'm, I think I'm short of myself, 1,275 people. The outside of the building still look like an abandoned building. There's no sign outside, and the place is packed every Sunday. We're boring the parking lot across the street. Right. You know why? Because, watch this now, because, because we obtained a good report. When God begins to, when, listen, when you begin to obey the Lord in faith, to move in faith, God himself begins to talk to people about you. I don't care what, what little schemes, a little 
get all the plans we put together, the thing will work. Stay tuned for more of today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. Imagine being filled with a peace so deep that the world around you can't touch it. Pastor Hart Ramsey is on a mission to help believers understand what it means to have a healthy, prayer-based relationship with God. He's doing that through his brand new book titled Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer. Prayer at first was a struggle because, you know, it, it really takes faith to pray. You have to you have to trust that God is like a person, he's a real person, and that he's the one that invented the concept of prayer. In this book, you'll learn how to ensure your relationship with God is based on a new and improved covenant, which dangerous prayer habits to avoid, and what to do when prayer doesn't yield the answers you want. It's time to trust God enough to make your prayer life truly about Him. Yes. Pick up your copy of Seeking Answers, Finding Rest Through Prayer from Hart Ramsey, available now at Amazon, iTunes, and wherever books are sold. We got something to say. Listen! Did you know that there is power in your words? Cement that with the brand new remixes to the single, It Is So, from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir. Pick up the remixes to It Is So from Hart Ramsey and the NCC Family Choir, available now at all digital outlets. Let's go! Now let's get back to today's teaching with Pastor Hart Ramsey. You're real mean if I I get too far there. Everybody said it's not going to work. No, God God has to bear witness of you. God is the one that gives the report about you. He draws people to you. Word of mouth gets around. All of a sudden, folks showing up from all over the place. People moving to the city because of your church. That is when you know that you and you, your walk with God has gotten serious attention. Amen? Now, now. So number one, God wrote, wrote the report about the way they handle personal difficulties or their challenges. Number two, the way they determine which role is right for them. God, now notice when you read Hebrews 11, it talks about the choices people made. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So that means now, when you get to a certain place in walking with, in faith, there's some things that other people will grab at that you're going to refuse. Uh, listen to me. If you have not learned to refuse some opportunities in faith, you're going to become a victim. There's some, I've had people, listen, and the biggest thing is money. And position. Here, consider this. You will leave a place where you're getting the word of God. Where when you get, when you come, the word of God just blesses you. I mean, you can live your life based on the word you're getting, but your job don't pay as much as another job in another city. So you will leave the, the, the word of God to follow more pay. And then right back to your home church and say, you know what? Pastor, do you know a church in this area? Because I can't find a church. Now watch this now. Is that faith? It can't be. Now you see, Pastor, you're meddling. Well, I don't mean to meddle. You should have you listened to the Lord. Then I won't be meddling. God's report, here's what God is writing. Something is wrong with the way they choose. They will choose 
financial security or financial increase over my word. They have not yet learned to value my word. So what is God going to say about you if you, if you don't value his word? So listen, when it comes to integrity, we, some, some of us will do anything to get members. Run other pastors down. You got it? Do all kinds of ungodly things just to get me. And God said, you know, they've not learned yet to value my word. They still valued or filled chairs. And you, you see what I'm saying? So, so when God is writing your report or writing the report about you, he, number one, will de- talk about how you deal with challenges. Number two, what kind of choices you make. And then number three, the way you live your life in general. He's going to talk about your conduct, yes. the way you behave. What kind of heart do you have? Now, let me, let me say this to you. This is for the pastors. This is for those of, you who, those of us who work in ministry. We must understand that it is the will of God that he used men and women who will love his people. And that, that's the member's chance to shout at you. Sitting there. Come on, I'm going to say it again. Let's, let's cue it up again. Let's cue it up again. You ready? God's going to raise up men and women of God that love his people. See, that, that's right there. That's not, that's not you got to teach the folk where to shout. That's, that's a good shouting spot right there. You holler right there. Okay, now, <laughs> look in your Bibles. Look at, I want to show you three verses. The Bible talks about the report. Both God and people will say, testify, or witness something about you. The good news is you get to decide what they say. So, but pastor, people won't lie. Let me tell you something about a lie. Those of you who are spending time chasing out a lie. Bishop told me a joke one time uh, that his, his father in the faith told him something. About, I may get it wrong, but he was talking about, um, he said that, that a lie will get up, get dressed, run around the world while the truth is still in the mirror getting dressed. <laughs> Y'all got that? A lie will, will be up, dressed, and run around the world while the truth is still in the mirror getting dressed. Your problem is, you, you start, and you can't chase down a lie, it's too fast. So what you got to do, you got to wait truth out. Tell tell, tell your neighbor, you got to wait it out. Got to wait it out. (laughs) Got to wait the truth out. Tell me, you don't know what they say about me. So what? The Bible said a lying lip is but for a moment, but the truth will be forever. Amen. Pastor, you don't know how bad they talk about me. That's okay. When the truth catches up, but listen, when the truth catches up and does this work, everybody know. Look at verse 4 of Hebrews 11. It says, by faith, Abel rather offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness. By which he obtained what? Witness that he was what? Righteous. Now read the rest of the verse with me. God testifying of his gifts, and by it, he being dead, yet, man, that's that word, that scripture is pregnant. Here's what it says. Look at the scripture again. Look at the scripture again. This is powerful. The, The word of God says that. When Abel offered an excellent sacrifice, the sacrifice that he made brought, it drew a witness to him. God witnessed that he was righteous or in right standing with him. Incidentally, when you see the word righteous or righteousness in scripture, it it is an alignment term. It is an alignment term. Righteousness does not mean you're better than other folk. No. What righteousness really means is by the grace of God, God himself has positioned you in the place what about under the spot where the glory comes out? He has lined you up on the street to, to, to receive what, what he has for you. Okay? So the Bible says now, by which he obtained witness, 
that he was righteous. Now, I love this. The Bible says God testifying of his, of his what? The thing you released in faith, the thing you gave away, the thing you released from your life. Listen, God spoke about that. He testified about the thing that you gave up. God is not unrighteous to forget your labor of love in that you minister unto the saints and do minister. Watch this now. There are times because of the gift that you gave, because of the thing that you sowed, God, listen, when, when, when you do something wrong and the enemy comes now with, ju- with judgment on his mind, because the enemy, you know what the enemy says? Here's how he try to play. He says, God, to serve justice, you must judge this person. The Bible says in James 2.13 that mercy triumphs over judgment. And so what God does, God reminds the devil about the gift that you sold. And watch this. And the Bible says even after Abel died, it still spoke. It still what? Spoke. God is testifying about something you're doing. And the pressure came on your life because the enemy is trying to get you to stop doing that. He's trying to convince you you can't afford to do this thing anymore. You can't afford to, to walk in love anymore. You can't afford to just, let, to just to be in forgiveness. You can't afford it. He's showing you where it's a deficit in your life. I'm here to tell you tonight, keep doing it. Cast not away your confidence. It has great recompense of reward. Glory to God. Now, y'all, y'all don't have to shout. I'm going to get a happy mindset. I'm going to take a run in the middle. Look at verse 5. The Bible says, By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had what? Translated him. Now, finish the verse with me. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he what? Now, you see the word testimony in verse 5 and the, and the word testifying in verse 4 uh, and the word uh, witness in verse 4? And the word obtain, or good report rather, good report in verse uh, 2, they're all the same Greek word. Before Enoch walked with, listen, first God will walk with you. When you don't know God, he'll walk with you. Protect you, keep you out of junk. But then he expects a time to come where he ceases to walk with you and you choose to walk with him. When you begin to walk with God, it's going to be the same testimony like like Enoch had. Enoch walked with God and was not broke, was not lonely, was not sick, was not hungry. You got it? Was not discouraged. When When you start walking with God, the things that are in your life right now, they will cease to be. But the problem is you're satisfied having God just walk with you. Now get this. The Bible says, and you go down to verse 39, it's the same thing. It talks about obtaining a report, how God will begin to talk about you concerning the thing that you're doing. My question is, what are you doing? What are you, what are you doing? We say we have faith, but what are, what are you doing? What are you putting your hand to? You, uh, we say, well, Pastor, we want our church to go. We want our church to be edified. What are you doing to make it happen? Well, we're praying. Well, you know what I think about that. I told you. Okay, you can pray, but how long are you going to pray before you do something? And let me, get, let, me, let, me, let me respond to the Holy Spirit with this right here. You know, and this is the first night, so we're not going to give you everything the first night, but let me say this. There, there are some of us here who would, who would obey the Lord and do what we believe the Holy Spirit is asking us to do, but we're so afraid. You are so afraid. Fear. 
is stopping you. The only reason you're not doing it is because, and some of you are doing things right now because you're afraid. I wonder what would happen if you dispensed with the fear, got with the Lord, found out what he wanted, and in spite of the opposition, and in spite of the persecution, and in spite of the fact that some folk are not going to like it, you obey the Lord. I wonder what would happen in your life if you weren't held hostage by the deacon board. Held hostage. No. Held hostage by the folk that have been in your church forever. I wonder what would happen if you weren't living for popularity. I wonder what would happen. <laughs> you see, I got the middle in the candle. Okay, let's, let's leave, we leave it alone. We leave it alone. We're going to talk about that in private. Pastors, we got too many folk here for us to just, we're going to deal with that. Amen? I, I want to leave you with this tonight. I'm not going to work you too long. In order for your faith to work, it must have corresponding actions. Go to James chapter 2. I want to speak to you a little bit about corresponding actions. Everything you see around you came as a result of faith. Now, now, now the members know this, but I, I, want, I want to appeal to the members. I want to talk to you. And I, want, I want to give you the, 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 um, the long and short of it. We started this church in our master bedroom the first week of December 1996. When we started the church, I received a phone call from a local pastor, and he told me, he says, I'm going to blackball you from here to Atlanta and as far west as Oklahoma. He said, you, he says, everybody's going to know your name. He said, he, as a matter of fact, he said, he's worshiping. He said, I'm going to destroy you. We hope you've enjoyed today's teaching courtesy of On Course with Art Ramsey. We invite you to join the NCC family for our weekly services in Dothan and Montgomery, Alabama, and Atlanta, Georgia. For service times and locations, visit our website, nccfamily.org. Again, nccfamily.org. We invite you to follow Pastor Hart Ramsey on social media, on Twitter, at Hart Ramsey, on Facebook, at Hart Ramsey Media, and on Instagram, at Hart Ramsey. Be sure to join us next time as we continue to dive into God's Word as we get on course with Hart Ramsey.